Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be going through adrenal insufficiency. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com or in the endocrinology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Adrenal insufficiency is where the adrenal glands do not produce enough steroid hormones, particularly cortisol and aldosterone. And these steroid hormones are essential for life. Therefore, the condition is life-threatening unless the hormones are replaced. Addison's disease refers to the specific condition where the adrenal glands have been damaged, resulting in a reduction of the secretion of cortisol and aldosterone by these glands. This is also called primary adrenal insufficiency, and the most common cause is autoimmune disease. Secondary adrenal insufficiency is a result of inadequate ACTH stimulating the adrenal glands, resulting in low cortisol release. This is a result of loss or damage to the pituitary gland, and this can be due to surgery to remove a pituitary tumour, infection, loss of blood flow to the pituitary gland, or radiotherapy. There's also a condition called Sheehan syndrome, where massive blood loss during childbirth leads to pituitary gland necrosis, and this will result in low ACTH and adrenal insufficiency. Tertiary adrenal insufficiency is the result of inadequate CRH released by the hypothalamus. And this is usually the result of patients being on long-term oral steroids for more than three weeks, resulting in suppression of the hypothalamus. When these exogenous steroids, or the steroids that they've been taking, are suddenly withdrawn, the hypothalamus doesn't wake up fast enough and the endogenous steroids are not adequately produced. Therefore, long-term steroids should be tapered slowly to allow time for the adrenal axis to regain its normal function. This is essentially where taking long-term steroids suppresses the body's natural ability to produce steroids. And when these steroids are withdrawn, the body doesn't restart producing them in response. So what are the symptoms of adrenal insufficiency? Well, these are fatigue, nausea, cramps, abdominal pain, and reduced libido. There can also be some typical signs, such as bronze hyperpigmentation of the skin. And this is because excessive ACTH, which is produced by the pituitary gland to try and get the adrenal glands to produce more steroids, stimulates the melanocytes in the skin to produce more melanin, causing pigmentation of the skin. So it's that excessive ACTH that causes the hyperpigmentation. Another sign is hypotension, particularly postural hypertension, where there's a low blood pressure on standing. There's a few important investigations. Hyponatremia, which is a low sodium level, which will be found on a urinese blood test, is a key biochemical clue. Sometimes the only presenting feature of adrenal insufficiency is hyponatremia. Hyperkalemia, or high potassium level, is also possible. Checking the early morning cortisol at 8 or 9 a.m. has a role, but this is often falsely normal, so this can't be relied on to exclude adrenal insufficiency. The short synactin test is the test of choice to diagnose adrenal insufficiency, and we'll talk more about that shortly. Checking ACTH levels can be helpful. In primary adrenal failure, the ACTH level is high, 
because the pituitary is trying very hard to stimulate the adrenal glands without having any negative feedback in the absence of cortisol. In secondary adrenal failure, the ACTH level is low as the reason the adrenal glands aren't producing cortisol is that they're not being stimulated by the ACTH from the pituitary. We can check adrenal autoantibodies, which are present in about 80% of autoimmune adrenal insufficiency. And these are adrenal cortex antibodies and 21 hydroxylase antibodies. A CT or MRI scan of the adrenal glands can be used if suspecting an adrenal tumour, hemorrhage or other structural pathology. However, this isn't routinely recommended by NICE for autoimmune adrenal insufficiency. And checking an MRI scan of the pituitary gland can give further information about whether there's any pituitary pathology. Let's talk more about the Schwarzenactin test, which is also called the ACTH stimulation test. And the Schwarzenactin test is the test of choice for diagnosing adrenal insufficiency. It's ideally performed in the morning when the adrenal glands are the most fresh. The test involves giving synactin, which is synthetic ACTH. The blood cortisol is measured at baseline at 30 minutes and at 60 minutes after administering the synactin. This synthetic ACTH will stimulate healthy adrenal glands to produce cortisol and the cortisol level should at least double in a healthy patient. A failure of the cortisol to rise if there's less than double the baseline level of cortisol indicates that there's primary adrenal insufficiency or Addison's disease. There's also a test called the long synactin test and the long synactin test is rarely used anymore because now we can measure the ACTH levels. It was used to distinguish between primary adrenal insufficiency and adrenal atrophy, secondary to prolonged understimulation, which occurs in secondary adrenal insufficiency. And this involves giving an infusion of ACTH over a long period of time. And in primary adrenal failure, there's no cortisol response as the adrenals are no longer functioning. And in adrenal atrophy, which is secondary adrenal insufficiency, the prolonged ACTH eventually gets the adrenal glands going again and the cortisol level does rise. Now we can simply measure the ACTH level and this will give an indication of the underlying cause. So if the ACTH level is high, we know it's primary adrenal failure and if the ACTH level is low, we know that it's secondary or tertiary adrenal failure. So how do we treat adrenal insufficiency? Well, treatment is with replacing the steroids and titrating the dose to the signs, symptoms and electrolytes. Hydrocortisone is used as the glucocorticoid hormone to replace cortisol and fludrocortisone is used as the mineralocorticoid hormone to replace aldosterone if the aldosterone is also insufficient. Patients should be given a steroid card and an emergency ID tag and this is to alert emergency services that this patient is dependent on steroids for life. And it's very important that doses are not missed as these are essential for life. The doses are also doubled during an acute illness to match the normal steroid response to illness. And that brings us on to Addisonian crisis, which is also known as adrenal crisis. And Addisonian crisis is the term used to describe an acute presentation of severe Addison's where the absence of steroid hormones leads to a life-threatening presentation and patients present with reduced consciousness, hypotension, hypoglycemia or low blood sugar levels, 
hyponatremia and hyperkalemia, and patients can be very unwell. This could be the first presentation of Addison's disease, or it could be triggered by infection, trauma, or some other acute illness in someone with established Addison's. It can also present in somebody on long-term steroids who suddenly stops taking those steroids. Do not wait to perform investigations and establish a definitive diagnosis before you start treating somebody with suspected Addisonian crisis, as it's a life-threatening emergency and they need immediate treatment. The management of adrenal crisis involves intensive monitoring, particularly if they're unwell, parenteral steroids, for example, IV hydrocortisone, 100 milligrams given stat, and then 100 milligrams every six hours, IV fluid resuscitation, correcting hypoglycemia, and careful monitoring of electrolytes and fluid balance. Thanks for listening to this episode on adrenal insufficiency. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. You can also find a copy of the Pediatrics book, which covers all the key topics and guidelines you need for your pediatrics exams. You can also find a full audiobook version of the Zero to Finals Medicine book available on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on thyroid function tests.